0: Yo yo yo, Thought Warriors. What is up? Color is on. It's Ivan Lake.
1: And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay.
0: Rachel. Rum buckets. You excited about it? Are me?
1: you serious? I saw I saw what one looked like. No, now I'm terrified. I saw what it looked yeah. like. I don't know why I wasn't thinking rum in an actual bucket. And when I saw it, it made me nervous. Like, that's a hangover. That will not get us to everyday uh, people the next day.
0: But here's the thing. You don't have to drink that many because we're also going to have apps. Apps and apps It's only one. What do you mean it's only one? You can just drink one of them. You're not going to get a hangover from one of them. I could have multiple rum buckets. I'm not going to lie. You like you you're not, not going to get a hangover from run one rum bucket. It's the sugar. So
2: like yeah. the I don't really drink sugar. Okay. Sugar-free
1: Red Bull. Right. That's what gives you the headache.
0: Okay. It's not first of all cuz this is what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about somebody <laughs> shitting on your parade, this is this is what I'm talking
3: about. No. I'm, Rachel? I'm there.
1: I'm coming.
0: Why? What? What you got on? Like, is this you? You is that safe to wear, in Los Angeles? <laughs> what but you you're trying to you, you flagged up? It's What's
1: purple. going on? Okay, so for all y'all who aren't watching, I'm wearing a, an oversized shirt with patches of different colored bandanas on it. But yeah. like, I feel like I'm safe. That's not like blue blue. That's like a cerulean.
0: Nah. See, and that's I've a got, misnomer. That's a I've misnomer. Got,
1: I would I would love to ask. No, where's our guy? Glasses. uh, uh, That's not. I almost said Moses.
3: Moses
1: (laughs) I want to ask Glasses what he thinks about this because purple, but then yellow. I got yellow, black. Now, I'm not going to lie, in the bottom, I don't really wear this out like this in LA. In the bottom is a red,
0: it's red. So I want to tell you something. It's actually a misnomer that the colors for every set are red and blue because the blood and crip sets themselves, first of all, there are other games, but the blood and crip sets themselves, the colors that they rep vary a lot based upon the set itself. So you might get some guys from some crip sets that have purple bandanas. As a matter of fact, there is a Crip set that uses the purple bandana. Some of them might what? wear orange bandanas. Some of them, might, it, it it the color, blue is like a, a, like a, all a color across the board, but they all rock different bandanas based upon different colors based upon what set they're actually from and not the overall branding of Crip.
1: So nobody's safe? No. <laughs> that's actually you, you, terrifying. Now I'm like, well, I've, I, I've only been, I've only been to Sirius XM today. So I'm just going to lay low with the shirt. I bought it in Texas. So maybe that right. says so, a lot.
0: So if you are wearing purple, then Grape Street, <laughs> the Cribs from Watts, they, that's what they wear. They wear Grape, the Grape Street, they wear purple. You know, what I mean? so it just depends and by the way that's why it doesn't matter the color it matters you gotta know where you at Rachel it's about time that you tapped in to some hood captains around the city I'm gonna introduce you to some people I'm not about why do I need bullshit. to know
1: hood captains
0: <laughs> cause you need to know where you at it, it would help for you to know where you're at <laughs> the different neighborhoods especially if you're gonna be working in the community you wanna make sure that you don't get pressed like a nail you All know right. what I mean so, <laughs> the, 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 like you know, the it's good. It's all good. Right, okay. All right. All right. Fine. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, it's whatever. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's about what. Whatever. All right. Look, uh, we got a packed show today. Um, packed show.
2: Lots of stuff going on. Okay. Before we get into the show, I have a gripe. I've uh, I've heard it through
0: the grapevine that there's a possibility that Brian might not be attending
3: <laughs>
0: Rum Punch Saturdays at Applebee's.
3: Okay.
1: B- not because he doesn't want to be there. Apparently he has scheduled something else, but it depends on the time. He wants to be there.
2: Okay. What's
1: so I saying? have
0: something to say.
1: He something wants to be there. To say.
0: Okay. I am starting to get the feeling that Brian is not fucking with me. Okay. That's a huge leap. Excuse me. There's been a recent run of Dr. (laughs) Abs. did not, not look, not come. You know it's true. Of Dr. Abs not coming to certain events, family events. Brian and I played basketball. And ever since we played basketball. Brian has been incognito, not coming around. What is he not showing up
2: to? Okay, he didn't come to my birthday.
1: He didn't come to your birthday. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) What else? Give me something else.
0: And this is another thing that he's not coming to. (laughs) So I'm I'm putting it on the blueprint right now that. Brian needs to sh- shape up, or I'm gonna refollow. Oh, I don't like you
1: talking about my man like this.
0: Okay, there you go. And see, see, so you know what? I'm actually doing this to bring you guys together, so that everyone uh, can oh, see. Please. So that so that everyone can see that there's a united front. Please, because I'll go back and follow that Twitter account again. <laughs> That's what. <I'm>
3: doing. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> See, you're part
1: of the problem. You're probably behind the account. Just type it away.
0: <laughs> would that be funny? Well, wild shit. Hilarious. Can I say
1: today? No, it would I'd not. Be
0: actually, it would not. I, Rachel, I kind of miss them. I blocked them, and I haven't seen any tweets in a long <laughs> time. I kind of miss them because I would be, even blocked them. It would it would be so funny because it would be like, yeah, you guys are talking about Donald Trump on CNN. Donald Trump talks about Melania all the time. Rachel, on the other hand, never talks about Brian. And it's a bunch of <laughs> bullshit. It was just, the leaps would be so far. And I, you know, but I, but I blocked them, so now they're not around. All right. Um, packed show. So we are going <laughs> show. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Look at this. Marquise Mookie Cook. He is in the new film, Shooting Stars, which is about the life of LeBron James and his group of friends from Akron St. Vincent, St. Mary's, there in Ohio. I watched it decidedly not trash. What? What kind of intro was that? I didn't have high expectations. I thought it was a good movie. You guys should probably watch it. It's one of the better biopics kind of situations that has been made recently. So I'm looking forward to talking to Marquise, but we got a lot of stuff to get into and we're going to start on the other side of this break.
4: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil
0: Uh, yeah, we're aware of what's going down in Atlanta. Uh, something big, Cop City, the Stop Cop City movement. We are going to have Melina Abdullah on the podcast next week. That's going to happen Monday to talk about it, to talk about what Cop City is, why it's a threat, um, to the community there in Atlanta, to the environment there, um, in parts of suburban Atlanta and, There's really been, guys, almost a battle down there in Atlanta to to stop the Cop City uh, Police Training Center. Um, People have died. People have died Mm -hmm. uh, uh, like protesting this. We're going to get into that. The city, the city council in Atlanta just voted to 67 percent of the vote to move on with it, uh, which was which has a lot of people talking. So Monday, we're going to talk to Melina Abdullah about that. Uh, before we get into the show, did you hear that Pat Robertson died?
2: I saw that. <laughs> it's not, I'm not laughing because
1: somebody died, but I, well, you know, you know how I go. I feel nothing. Um, that is not, I'm not taking lightly that somebody lost their life, but, it's no lie. If you know even the l- smallest thing about Pat, he was a terror and a menace. And he terrorized a lot of groups and offended people. He said racist things. He said homophobic things, transphobic, Islamophobic. Um, the list goes, the misogynist, the list goes on and on and on. And. You know, say what you want about him. There's no way to separate all of that from who he is because he spent a lifetime dedicated to perpetuating those type of thoughts on the 700 club and beyond and had a whole congregation that took that mindset and put it out in the world. So, you know, a loss is a loss. And uh, yeah, I feel sorry for his family, but and I'm not celebrating anybody's death, but. To me, what he meant personally, nothing.
0: Yeah. So the interesting thing about Pat Robinson and his ilk, um, and I know very well that ilk uh, during the 80s when televangelism was at its, in my opinion, height. You know, you had Reagan and uh, the moral majority and the uh, evangelical Christian takeover during that decade where they were basically like rappers. And what I mean by that is you had competing narratives from all over the place. Now, the march to that crescendo uh, started way before then. It started with guys on the radio way mm-hmm. back in the day. But when you get to the 80s, you had Swagger, Jim Baker, Pat Robertson. Um, uh, I'm, I'm missing guys. Billy Graham was still around. You know what I mean? You had just all these different guys competing for it. It's changed a little bit now in terms of, I think with social media and with the internet, everyone has uh, a little bit more autonomy to tailor who they listen to based upon like what they're into. It's not just the guy that's coming on TV. It's, uh, I want to hear this so I can go here. I want to hear this, I, w- I can go here. So that makes the religious leaders of today normally a little less aggressive about who they exclude during their messaging because they're in competition with a lot more people because anybody that can stream a youtube uh can 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 build an online congregation back then they the pat robertsons and these other guys they had america really by the throat because politicians I mean this goes back to Jerry Falwell all of these guys politicians listened to these guys and these gentlemen and, and their words Were not just being spoken to congregations; they were actually both directly and in de facto ways making policy. (laughs) They were making American policy. The the religious right and the evangelical right is partly, if not wholly, responsible for Dobbs, and and what we just saw. So, I mean, look, the the death of Pat Robertson, his greatest hits. You know, blamed nine eleven. Um, uh, said God that did God did that because of abortion. Um, it said that Hurricane Katrina, something that uh, I had people that were close to me that died in it, was God's punishment to America's abortion policy. Um, talked about Africa, talked about Haiti. Said that Haitians sold their souls to the devil in order to free themselves from French slavery. It's a bunch of. Crazy, crazy shit. And I'll tell you this. I don't want to get religious, but I'll say this. These guys are getting older as far as the guys that Mm -hmm. existed in eras gone by of the evangelicals, the rocks of the evangelicals. They're getting older. They're getting on, right? And there's an opportunity that modern Christianity or modern religion, period, isn't taking to make itself an inclusive, palatable instrument of togetherness, hope, joy, and love. And there is an opportunity there to really talk to a lot of people in this country and in this world who don't feel connected, who feel uh, alone, and who don't have direction or guidance or togetherness. The thing that I always loved about being a part of a church home was the togetherness that you felt. Like if it was a really good one when someone got in trouble or when the community needed something or something like that like oh that's gone and there's an opportunity what do you mean it's be- gone uh it to, to, to me the uh, the the evangelicals have done such a number on the perception of 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 religion and Christianity that a lot of people sure. that might need even if they don't need their souls saved per se, but they just might need someone to turn to, to talk to, to give them the type of ear that you might be able to get um, from someone who really cared about you. They're scared of it because they look like a bunch of goddamn lunatics, and I'll just be honest with you. And there were always people that played to the fringes, but... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was
2: saying that
1: I, I mean, I agree with you as far as the perception's concerned, but I think that coupled with the way it's been politicized and the way the far right has latched onto it and mixed the two together hurts that perception in even more. I wouldn't say that there's not a community. I think that there is, there's still a community there, but I think it's, it's marred by politics. I think it's marred by, um, scandal, you know? Hillsong. And I think that among others, and I think that the people, the people who do have huge platforms like a Joel Osteen don't get involved with any of that. So the community is really just, it's not as connected if that makes sense. So,
0: so when you talk about community and I'll just, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's interesting when you talk about community, Yeah, I do you talk. talk yeah, you talk about Joel Osteen. That was a guy that didn't open his church when people were flooded out. That mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, you see stuff like that. People are looking to these to to leaders like this, not to be perfect. Not to be perfect. No, they have never been perfect. Everybody, every guy that I just mentioned fell. A lot of them, it was over that ass. Okay, every like all of those guys fell. So no one's looking for anyone to be perfect, right? You know what I mean? I am the grand, the great grandson right. of my my all of preachers. And, you know, perfection was far from what those guys did. But they are asking them to be present. Not perfect, but present, present in the lives of the people that need them. And the worst billboard for Christianity is Kenneth Copeland on a jet or Joel Olstein not opening up his church for people who don't have I so agree. that's the thing when I say the community seems like it's eroding uh, and you know that happens with fame and all of that stuff so uh, there's an opportunity to care about people and love people the way that you say that you're supposed to do it I saw Mike Pence up there last night talking about what he would say to a to a, um, to a trans kid his answer was I tell him I love you but you can't be who you are that don't work that's
1: not that
3: what, you not can't do right. that.
1: <laughs> then you don't love Idiot. him. What are you saying? Yeah,
0: Right. You know what I mean? Um, like, ima- imagine you telling your dad, ima- imagine the judge telling you, Rachel, I love you as long as you don't do the Bachelorette. But she probably said. Like, how would you feel?
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just, I wouldn't feel the way I feel now. Just put it that way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You No, you won't love me.
0: Okay. Uh, Rachel. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. I mean. Our friend, friend of the show, Stephen A. Smith, should we say. We had him on here, had a great conversation with him. Uh, he was on Fox News. Hannity, his friend Hannity, who's right, more than Black America gives him credit for. Uh, and he said... That he would rather vote for Chris Christie than any Democrat in the 2024 field saying that the left's support of President Biden is embarrassing. Donnie, give me the sound.
5: You think he's a cognitive mess? I'm not going to say he's a cognitive. I'm not going there. What I can say to you is that I think there's an abundance of people who could do better. And I hate the fact that in the year 2023 that we have a bunch of liberal candidates out there that that think he's the guy. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? For being straightforward, blunt, truthful and honest. And you can't say you can't say you can't speak the obvious that Joe Biden's a cognitive mess. Of course, he's a cognitive mess. I'm not going to label. Excuse me. I'm not going to label it that way. Sean, what I'm going to tell you is this. I'm looking at him and. I don't like what I see. I'm not impressed <laughs> with what I've seen. I've been very concerned with what I've seen. And the fact that he's going to be 82 years of age right. at election time, if he were to win an election and he'd be in the White House until he's 86 years old, I think in the year 2023, it is utterly embarrassing that the liberal side has him as their best Candidate, what does it say about you when that is the best candidate that you can give the left? That is ridiculous. That's not a knock against That's, Joe Biden. It more so little... It's an indictment against the Democratic Party. Uh, Race, what you got?
1: I mean, am I surprised that Stephen A. Smith went on Fox News or on Sean Hannity, his friend show? No. I think what does surprise me, or I'm still trying to wrap my mind around, is why he continues to do it and why he's continuing to put himself in these political spaces and spew out things like this without backing any of it up, right? There's no specificity as to why he feels like Biden should not be the Democratic nominee or, uh, you know, running for a president representing the Democrats other than his age. If you didn't know, listen, I mean, his voice is recognizable, but if you close your eyes and you were reading this, let's just say that no voice, no, no picture, you wouldn't be able to distinguish his thoughts versus a far right person's thoughts. And it's dangerous because, because Stephen A. Smith isn't explaining why He has an issue with Biden. He's just putting out these talking points that we've seen so many others on the far right do why do you have an issue with Biden outside of his age? Why do you believe that Chris Christie is better? What what policies are you specifically pointing to that make you say this guy is not who I want representing us? And I think the answer is because he's not well-versed in it, and he's just saying something to say it. Sean Hannity would not have invited him on this show if he didn't know what Stephen A. Smith's opinions were going to be, and that they were also going to be something that aligned with Sean Hannity's. I think What bothers me is something Sean Hannity said when he was talking, and he said, Stephen A. Smith, and you can hear the joy in his voice, and if you watch it, you can see the pure joy as well on his face. He is giddy over Stephen A. Smith coming on and saying this. He's being used, Stephen A., almost as a puppet, as a mouthpiece for the far right, and it's What's, what Hannity said was that Stephen A. Smith, you're known for being opinionated. He says things that others maybe are too afraid to say. But the other thing that Stephen A. has built his platform off, which we haven't seen over the last few years as much, is that he established himself as a Black voice in a majority white spaces. And he established himself as someone who stood up and took up for Black athletes or, or Black causes whatever they may be and when you align yourself with sean hannity who's done so many anti-black things on his show you got to start questioning stephen a like what's up and 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 where do you stand now because the stephen a we knew from the beginning seems to not be the same one that we've seen in these spaces over the last few years and it's dangerous
0: Mm. um so look you know i I think the the point that you're making about specifics is just spot on. That's an amazing point. That's an amazing point because uh, you want to get into the weeds of why you like Chris Christie. You know, mm-hmm. Stephen A. has said before that uh, he voted for Joe Biden in the first election. He said that. So I guess my question to him would have, if this were a show where there was any real desire to get to the bottom of, of what his thoughts were, or did you not think that he would run for a second term? Right. Did you not think that, that if he won, that he would bring it back? Or uh, does what you see from, or is what you're seeing from Joe Biden right now uh, make giving you pause about his ability to, 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 to go four more years? So is there something that, that turned you off about President Biden during his first term um, because you knew that the guy was old when you voted for him in 2020, and you said that you did that. There's a couple of other things here that are interesting. Number one, he's also made sure to denigrate Kamala Harris. Um, mm. in this uh, in yes. this entire, he's also made sure to say, hey, and just to let you know, the person that shares the administration with Joe Biden she's not ready for prime time yet either so she's not fit either yeah. she hasn't done enough she's not ready either and also I, I, I want to make sure that when people say that there in the history of America that I can remember hasn't really been a vice president that was in the term when they were the vice president was president material. There were guys that went on to be president, right? There were guys that right. ran after. But that was a lot of times after their national profile had been um had been raised by being in an administration. Obviously you have George W. Bush, uh, you have Richard Nixon, you have guys that have been vice president more in the past that, that go on to become pres to become president, but that's after a national audience has gotten used to them a little bit. You know, when you to become the president, you have to lay out a plan for America, and then you have to go out and, and execute that. Um, so saying that she's not ready to be president, she's not any more ready or any less ready than any other vice president in the history of America. Not that I can see. I mm-hmm. mean, there might be some guys out there that you can point to. Was Dan Quayle ready to be vice president? Was, was ready to be president? Was Gerald Ford ready to be president? You know what I mean? Was Al Gore ready to be president? Obviously not, right? <laughs> they, they, you know, um, was Joe Biden ready to be president in sixteen? You know what I'm saying? Was is Pitts ready to be president? Was was he ready to be president in eighteen? So I, so I don't see anything from her that says she's either ready or not ready. She right. would be the president if something happens to the president. Now, also, I want to make sure that, you know, because I give Joe Biden a lot of shit on here, and you know, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a liberal, but I'm not a Democrat. But the Biden administration has had some good news lately. The jobs report was an unequivocal win for the Biden administration. 13 million jobs since he took office. That's more jobs in a 28-month span than any president has created in a four-year term. Now, obviously, people getting back to work from COVID is a part of that. But still, though, the administration is starting to catch a little steam in terms of things that a lot of Americans would care about. You know, um, obviously I have my, my, my gripes with Biden and, and Harris. And should. And I'm going to continue to have those gripes until I see results, uh, uh, about the things that I to, uh, voted for and, and supported them for. um, but th- that jobs report, which is not, wasn't just service sector jobs. Was a lot of government jobs, a lot of high paying jobs in the healthcare industry. That was a big deal for them. And uh, there's a yeah. clip I want everybody to watch it of Maria Bartiromo, Bartiromo on Fox reporting that jobs report, and she was doing it like through the most clinched draw ever. She's like, "Oh, President Biden is gonna have to gonna have to take a victory lap," and so. You know, I'm just pointing to that as an as something that's tangible that 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 would work for most American people, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not holding the water of the Biden administration, and I still have major problems with with, with what's going on. But I would say this to Stephen A. to to your point. Um, there doesn't seem to be any intentionality here, and None. this ain't sports. Okay, so so. If you're going to get on a show and you're going to talk about LeBron James's legacy, whether or not he has the clutch gene, uh, who the best player in NFL is, you don't have to be intentional. You don't. In my opinion, if you're going to speak to issues, and nobody's perfect. Obviously, I've had moments on this podcast and in my professional career where I haven't been up to the task of talking about a specific issue. It happens. But if you're going to talk about issues like this, and become something that then ends up, and say something. Shall I say that then ends up reverberating throughout people here? Stephen A. said this, so maybe you should vote this way. Stephen A. Smith, the same guy that you that you uh, that you look at on First Take or on No Mercy, he says this, so maybe you should vote this way. Well, that affects people's lives in a way that sports does it. So right. to your point about what it is that you're saying and qualifying it, you there has to be more to what he's doing. There has to be an intentionality to it. There has to be a point. Just saying,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Biden looks feeble, the Democrats should bring somebody else, I'm voting for Chris Christie. Like, you're essentially campaigning for Donald Trump because Chris Christie's not going to win. And no. neither is Mike Pence and neither is Nikki Haley and neither the, any of those people. Something really drastic would have, would have to change for those people to win. And if you eliminate Joe Biden and and and, and say that, then you're saying, well, you know, President Trump is pretty much your guy. That's an unfair thing for Stephen A to have to juggle when he's giving his opinion. But it's what we all do.
1: Yeah, I'll even say more to that. By him focusing just on the age of Joe Biden, as if that that seems to be the only reason he feels like Joe Biden is not equipped to be the president again for the next four years. You're also essentially putting your na- uh, voting for or campaigning for people who were younger. There's an argument to be made that, oh, well, DeSantis is only 44. That's who you're saying. He's got he's got time because Trump's 76. You're almost in, in uh, rooting for DeSantis, too, if that's your only argument. And something that you said about sports, about being intentional, it's interesting because if somebody came on first take and said, I think LeBron is better than Jordan. And that's, and just, uh I think LeBron's better than Jordan because, you know, basketball has changed over the last 20 years. Just like that, just something random. Stephen A. would never let that sit. He would say, well, tell me why. And he would start spewing out all these statistics and certain facts to prove his point. He does that very well in the sports sector. So why then would you step, put your step into the arena of politics and just say something without any type of facts or statistics or even opinions to back it up. What he does in the sports world, he's not doing it when he steps into the political arena. And that's what I find interesting as, as okay. well to the to the rest of it. All
0: right, okay. all right. So look, I just gotta ask you a question, just straight out. Uh you know, we know that Stephen A. Smith has a conservative streak in his body. We know that he does. It's obvious Yeah. Now, right. Um these appearances on Fox News, you know, what he's doing right now. Once again, anybody that's listening to my voice right now, you don't want to vote for Joe Biden. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. I think that some of you, all right, that are paying attention are going to have to make a decision about whether or not you want to turn the country back over to Trump and his people. Um, And that's a fucked up decision. And it's kind of indicative of the position we're in right now as Americans, but you know, that's fine. Um, Is Stephen A. Smith half-stepping? Is he... Is know, I'm not going to get into any of the the buzzwords that people use. Is, is Stephen A. Smith... Does he want to come out and just say, well, to hell with Joe Biden? Because... Hasn't it, he already? I mean, no. Because he said Joe Biden is old and I don't understand what's going on with it, right?
1: And he so said he I, wouldn't vote for him.
0: I know. But what I'm saying is this is... I've heard Stephen A. Smith talk about Donald Trump before, but the criticism that he just levied at Joe Biden is more pointed than any criticism I've heard him levy at Donald Trump. He said he didn't vote for Donald Trump, but he did say he when he spoke about Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, Donnie, can you give us Stephen A. Smith talking about Donald Trump?
5: I knew Trump. I, before I, Yeah, moved. you used to talk to him. You ever? Talk I used. To him I used. No, I don't. I, used, I knew Trump before he ran for the presidency. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. He was a huge sports fan. He used to throw a lot of events um, at, 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 you know, at, at his casinos and stuff like that. And I genuinely liked him. I didn't know who this guy was running for president. Um, I think he's changed. But I will tell you this. I think when people call him racist and stuff like that, I've never thought of Trump that way. It's not, he's not against black people. He's against all things not named Trump. <laughs> Do you ever, There's uh, a difference. So,
0: no. so I, I okay. So,
2: I want you to consider that. Okay? okay.
0: And consider the way things are stated when people state them.
2: Okay.
0: I myself have been accused of this on this, on this podcast, and I have to take responsibility for it. All right. If if right now we're talking about, say, Chris Brown. And before I get to my criticism of Chris, whatever that might be, I talk about all the amazing things that he's done. What a great person he's been to me and all of that stuff. And then I get to, but look, I have to be honest. That's called me couching the criticism of what I am saying about this person. And in that case, Even though Stephen A. Smith said that Donald Trump has changed, he didn't use any of those amazing adjectives that he has in his back pocket to describe how he's changed or what he's changed into. He just said he's changed and that he's all about Donald Trump. I personally think that the criticism he leveled against Joe Biden, okay, is way more pointed, twice as pointed as what he just leveled at Donald Trump, who he really spoke glowingly of. And so, Rachel, he did. For the majority of that, he talked about the fact that he liked Trump and all of that stuff. I don't buy this. I don't buy that he's going to vote for Chris Christie. I don't buy that this is coming from a criticism of Joe Biden because of who Joe Biden is now. I think there's a
3: fiction from
0: Stephen A. Smith to Donald Trump and that the end game is to weaken Joe Biden so the only other possible candidate right now that can win shuffles back into the White House. And even if Stephen A. Smith isn't thinking that intentionally in the recesses of his mind, Hannity knows it to be true, which is the reason why he was on that show to say what he just said. Am I crazy?
1: Half crazy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I'm not going to go as far to say that he's a Donald Trump supporter. I think that the way that that conversation happened in regards to Donald Trump is different from the conversation he was having on sh- with Sean Hannity, which which required a more pointed answer. I mean, he came on there to bash Joe Biden specifically. That is why why Sean Hannity had him, not necessarily in support of Trump, but he came on there to specifically talk bad about Joe Biden. That was his whole purpose for coming. Whether he knew it or not, that's why Sean Hannity had him come on there. I'm curious as to how, if asked, okay, Chris Christie doesn't win, you know, doesn't have a fighting chance in the primary, and it's between DeSantis and Trump, you've already stated that you're not voting for Joe Biden. You know, if you're, if you're voting in the primary, I mean, he's independent, but whatever. If you're voting in the primary, who would you choose? If you had to choose between the two, who would you choose? And then if it comes down to that, Biden or this person, who would you choose? I'm curious as to see if his answer would be the same. He didn't speak. He did say his personal experience with Trump has been positive. Him be, before he was the president, which we know that pr- prior to being the president, he did a lot of things that were offensive. Even if they weren't publicized to the, to the way that they are now. But I can't say that that clip that we just played shows me that he's in support of Trump. It just doesn't. I'm not going to make that leap yet, but I'm not going to put it past him either. If he continues on the track that we've seen thus far, he will vote for Trump, but he, he may never tell us that. I think he'd say he. I think he'll say he's not voting before he says he votes for Trump.
0: All right. Um. So some news just broke, and I'm gonna throw it into the show right now. Okay. So Khalees has a new man. Rachel, don't look it up.
2: <laughs> Dang.
0: Khalees has a new man.
2: Okay.
0: I'm gonna give you five guesses.
1: Oh, he's famous.
0: He's famous, and you can ask me questions.
3: Okay. I love uh, this. You
0: can ask me questions, right? Okay. Uh, let's play let's play let's play seven questions you get seven questions to oh, ask that's a lot. me
3: okay. that's a lot
0: you get seven questions to ask me to try to guess who Khaleesa's new man is
2: okay seven questions here we go and he's famous he's um, famous what is his career like what career is he in Music, sports, acting.
0: He is an actor.
2: A comedic actor. Is he black or white?
0: He is white.
2: (gasps) I wasn't expecting that. Mm
3: -hmm. A comedic
2: actor. Is he above 40 or below? He is above 40. Is he more famous as a comedian
1: or an actor?
0: He was never a comedian. He is a comedic actor from my understanding.
1: Oh, God. How many questions have I?
0: That's five.
2: Is it five? I think it was four. Donnie, I'll give you four. That's four. I'll give you four. I'll give you one more. Okay. What is one movie that he's been in? Rushmore.
1: What? Rushmore. That's not fair. Now, you know I don't know what that movie is. You you know I don't know. So I'm going to ask again. What is
2: another movie that he's been in?
3: Charlie's Angels.
2: No.
1: N- I, no. No, it's
0: Bill Murray.
1: Bill Murray.
3: No! No!
0: 43 is dating Bill Murray, 72. They struck up a romance. No. She performed in South London last weekend. uh, And then he was... The the romance, the, the rumors sparked, shall I say, after he popped up at a performance of hers in South London he was also spotted supporting her at some other performances. They were seen together at the same hotel and have been getting close for a while after first meeting in the US. They met up in the States. They got the people in the industry talking. They've hit it off. And apparently they were both going through something. They met one another. They hung out. Uh, they're having a lot of fun. Besides the, uh, the Despite the age gap, they've reached out to both reps. No one has reached back yet. Khalees and Bill Murray, I fucking love it.
1: It's the most random because I'm like, when and what? How would they meet? Were they introduced? I mean, you already said it, but it's like, I wouldn't think they would have anything in common, but apparently they do. I fucking love it. I fucking
0: love it. I really
1: hesitated to say Bill Murray.
0: Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Khalees and Bill Murray. Doing the fucking thing. I love them. I love it. Good for them. Who's reporting
1: it? It's page six. Oh, okay. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. All
0: right, Rachel, there was a verdict that came out um, from a case that I wasn't really following, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, not, not really. And people were asking why we weren't covering it here. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. And you actually have been covering, like, what's going on with, I mean, Travis Rudolph, ex-Florida State NFL player, was found not guilty. I've, I'm up on the case now but you've been following it for a while. You've been talking about it.
1: Well, it got brought to my attention in a group chat with friends because I guess the trial was streaming and people were reacting to how outrageous Travis Rudolph's ex-girlfriend was on the stand, how she showed no remorse, how she wouldn't answer questions straightforward. And so I'm like, well, what is going on here? So if you don't know, As I almost called you Brian, as Van said, Travis Rudolph, football player, New York Giants, Florida State. Um, He was recently found not guilty. Now, here's what happened. He was charged with one count of first degree murder and three counts of attempted murder. So he was dating this woman named Dominique Jones. Um, She alleged that they got into a fight and he hit her. So she called her brother and his friends and said, hey, or she she sent him a text message. She said, hey, shoot his shit up, referring to Travis Rudolph. They go over to his house at midnight. Four men, midnight, go over to his house. There's an argument that happens. I guess there's a fight. There's a tussle that happens outside of the home. Rudolph, Travis Rudolph, runs back inside, grabs a gun, starts shooting, He fired 39 shots at the men in their car and one of them died. The other three got away. They charged him with the first degree murder and three counts of attempted murder. It came out later. There was a video, ring, nest, whatever, and it showed that Travis Rudolph never put his hands on Dominique Jones. She was actually the one hitting him and he wrapped his arms around her to get her to stop. So when she was on trial, she was saying things like, defense attorney's like, hey, hey, You texted him, you texted your brother and said, shoot his shit up. What did you think was going to happen? And she's like, I meant for them to shoot everything but him. Like just cold, cold blooded. This woman's lying. So a lot of people are calling for her to now be, uh, put on trial because, or charged, then put on trial because they would, those men would not have gone over there if she hadn't lied and said she was hit. And then, that, sh- that they need to shoot this shit up. I'm not condoning them going over there. I'm just saying they went b- based on a lie.
0: Yeah. So I got caught up on everything that happened with this case. hmm This is as bad as it gets. I'll be real with you. Now, apparently, you know, like you said, the argument started off uh, from couple stuff. Mm-hmm. She gets upset. She had hit him. He testified that she had hit him before, that she was prone to striking him when she got upset, but he never really thought anything of it just because typically if a woman hits on you, then it's like, whatever, not a big deal. Whatever, she got upset. It's like she hits on you, whatever. Um, But the fact that somebody died. Right. In this situation, because she lied and said that she was the victim of something. Then she went and had somebody come over to the house armed. He said they got out and when he came out to try to see what was up, they just he just got swung on. Then they started swinging. He, had, he left his gun in his crib. Right. And he went back and ran and got the gun after he saw them pointing guns. And then he let off a bunch of shots until the threat was put down and he killed somebody. This woman needs to be thrown under the jail. Yeah. I am unaware of any kind of law that's on the books right now to prosecute her. I'm wondering if you could tell me, but like her her, her getting super pissed, first of all, she assaulted him, number one. And then after assaulting him, like subjecting him to de- domestic violence, she then called somebody who, in my opinion, came over there to kill him. Because they came over there, sparked off uh, a physical altercation, and then grabbed guns. Like, yeah. there's nothing else for him to think. Because of her actions, somebody got killed, and this guy per all this guy could have gone to jail for right. life, right? Over this, and they refused to throw lives. it out on the standard senior ground law. Which you would think that if this dude was white and his attackers were black, they would have clearly use stand your ground to, to, it seems like a clear cut case of stand your ground. Uh, Especially when you have a text message from her saying go over there and shoot his shit up. They're cooked. There's nothing that can happen to her. Her name is Dominique Jones, like you said. She needs to go to jail. I don't know what
1: the charge would be, but I think there's an argument that her text message and the words that she used We're like, that was a weapon, right? Like based and I'm not, I'm not saying, listen, like those words shoot his shit up. There's gotta be something that gets her charged for that. It's wild that somebody lost their life. But I will also say this, the stand your ground thing is really interesting because, and problematic, because the reason that so many people get off under this law is because it is so general. You just have to believe that your life is in some type of imminent danger and that you have to use force to defend yourself because whatever is happening, you feel like you might lose your life. You feel like there's a threat. So to me, even if there was no gun, right, because 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 it's Travis saying that there was a gun, the three men who survived said they never had a gun. So even if that's an issue. Four men coming to my house in the middle of the night and attacking me, which I, which can be, which is proven to me, that's imminent. I'm in, in, uh, that's imminent danger, right? Like I'm in fear of my life and you're allowed to use force, even deadly force. If you feel that that's the law. So to me, this should have been thrown out before it even went to trial. And the fact that it wasn't, I do believe was tied to race. If three black men came to a white man's house and did that and that white man shot them, I really believe in the state of Florida or under most stand-your-ground laws, he would have gotten off.
0: uh, Now, I will say this. I feel like a lot of people that were calling us out about discussing this, um, it wasn't a lot of people. It was a couple of people that were like, why have you guys talked about the Travis Rudolph case? I think that there was, there's some thought that maybe we wouldn't talk about this because the woman who happens to be a black lady clearly lied in this situation to me. Um,
2: why wouldn't you talk te- about that?
0: I think there's, there, there, there was some thought that there was an agenda. That,
3: a that Rachel I, agenda. Oh,
1: that, oh, <laughs> oh, so I believe black women can get away with murder. I believe black women can do no wrong. That's That's why people thought we weren't talking about it. No, this woman that's is extremely problematic. Her words got that man killed.
0: No, she's a criminal. She needs to go to jail
1: She knew what she was doing. Like, she Mm -hmm. wanted to hurt Travis. She wanted them to hurt him. Shoot his shit up. Put him in danger. She's got to be charged for something. Hopefully that she will be. Because a man lost his life and um, somebody should be punished for that.
0: And it should be her. It could have been two people that lost their lives. One lost their life, their soul up in the pearly gates. The other one, could have gone to jail forever. So, uh, man, and when you watch the uh when when you watch the testimony there, and I watched Travis Rudolph testify, to me it was clear that he was telling the truth. It was it was clear that he was telling the truth. It didn't look like he was being deceptive to me at all. It wasn't like a Kyle Rittenhouse type of situation. I do want to say this. I I want to say that like you know, you guys to me. This situation being what it is, right, is this situation being what it is, okay? And what I mean to say by that is that, and we'll talk about this, using every single case to demonstrate or to talk about or to to initiate this man versus woman, particularly black man versus black woman uh, divide that exists, is just not productive or helpful at all this is a black woman and I think she's a piece of shit. I really do. Mm -hmm. I I, I, I really do. But there are all kinds of people that are fucked up individuals. And when we talk about things like abuse, when we talk about things about sexual assault, when I talk about them, I'm talking about things based on not just anecdotal experiences that I have. I use plenty of anecdotal experiences to 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 make arguments on this podcast, right, but when I'm talking about issues that are that serious, I'm talking about them through the lens of what can be statistically observed and what information has been compiled on, and there's never one situation or two situations or even three situations that undo the studies that have gone on to enforce and reinforce. The problems that might exist between men and women domestically or in terms of sexual abuse um, uh, or harassment or anything like that. So there is not ever going to be a time where I'm going to ignore something like this as putrid and fucked up like this mm-hmm. in support of a narrative for right. anything. And I've seen people do that on the other side. And how about the fact, how about we deal with the fact that this got caught before somebody's life was ruined. Mm-hmm. If you want to say that, well, if you want to, if if you, if uh, excuse me, I'm talking about Travis Rudolph. If okay. you want to use this as um, as an example of your bitches be lying theory, be my guest. But I'm gonna be a little bit smarter about things than that. Okay, right. Um, Glendale, there was a war, a battle in Glendale. Um, three people were arrested Tuesday. At protests held outside the meeting of the Glendale Unified School District Board where pro and anti-LGBTQ demonstrators faced off over how schools teach gender and sexuality. Uh, law enforcement declared an unlawful assembly after fighting broke out uh, outside the building. The situation temporarily disrupted the meeting, um, which was about an hour into they're having public comments. Um, and things got out of hand, there was uh, an agenda item calling for recognition of Pride Month, which board members unanimously approved late in the evening. Protesters clashed uh, and people were chanting outside, leave our kids alone. Last week, protesters violently clashed at a North Hollywood elementary school over a pride-themed assembly. This is going, this fight, identity wrestling match in America. Seems like it's going to the mattresses, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts? It's,
1: it's not going to stop. And I think that, like, when you look at exactly what the school district's trying to accomplish here, right? There's a statistic that shows that 25% of high school age students identify as LGBT, LGBTQ+. So the school is trying to be inclusive and make everyone who feels a fourth of their students feel seen and heard and that they're supported and that they're valued, all right? Why should anybody have a problem with that? Because statistics also show that those youth that identify in that way are at a higher risk of experiencing homelessness, of being bullied, attempting or dying of suicide, or struggle with mental health issues. So what the school district, because LA Unified voted in this passed through, but what Glendale was doing was piggybacking on that and voting to acknowledge the month of June as Pride Month. We have so many months that acknowledge people and their accomplishments and their history. And the month of June does that for the LGBTQ plus community. So they wanted to do that. And there's also talk about Inserting it in the curriculum, which if a fourth of your population of students, more so, just like having Vanya's making a face, you're making a face I'm because
0: make, I'm making the not making the face because you talk. That's that's what people are talking about, talking about his kids around. You talk about inserting something in. See what I'm saying? You're trying to you. That, that's what I'm talking about. With now. The agenda. Nah, Stay that's the me. agenda, man. Nah, that's Stay the agenda, Rachel. That's the agenda right there. <laughs> like we trying to talk about kids in St- elementary schools and you talk about inserting something into a curriculum donnie what is a curriculum what you what's getting inserted that's the agenda stop sexualizing our
1: kids rachel leave <laughs> our kids alone rachel you know what they probably would take <laughs> issue with what i said and this, and assert the same argument that you just did um but yeah like the whole basis of this is to feel included and i cannot imagine being a child and seeing that my school is trying to, school board is trying to step up and support me for who I stand for, for who I am, how I identify. And then to look and see people beating the shit out of each other, fighting against you just for being you. I can't even imagine what that does to a child mentally. And the fact that the police chief came out and said that it was a problem on both sides. Is even more problematic to me. Police police chief in Glendale. This isn't a there isn't this isn't a both sides thing. They're very fine people on both sides. Those people that came, those proud boys that came, they came to antagonize and to fight. That is not what the people who were peacefully there to support this initiative were doing. They were attacked.
0: I have news for Americans. I have okay. news for you guys. Your
2: kids are gay. They're gay. Yeah. Okay, now, not all of them are gay, but some of them are gay. And
0: you can fight about it all you want. You can stop people from talking about it all you want. Nothing is going to change the fact that there are gay and trans children in America. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Not one thing. Now, you can change whether or not they feel comfortable being who they are. You can do that, and you can have people living lives of quiet desperation and solitude, torturing them for the one ride they have on this earth. Not allowing them to be who they are. But even a lot of those people are still going to find a way to express themselves sexually by what's really inside of their heart. Or they're going to find a way to express what they really feel like gender-wise. It's going to happen. The choice that's being made right now to oppress people thought and expression over what they are and who they are it's not going to work. You're not going to de-gay somebody who Mm -hmm. is gay any more than you can gay up a straight person. The choice that you're choosing, the choice that you're making right now isn't between gay and straight. It's actually between life and death. It's actually between suicide and having a great high school experience. It's actually between living at home with supportive and loving parents and running away. That's the decision and the choice that you're making. Mm-hmm. This fight is the most ridiculous fight of any mm-hmm. of any fight that we have. We're having a fight over who people actually
2: are. Exactly. Look,
0: this is an anecdote that I'm sure you've all heard before. There are more left-handed people now in society than they ever have been, right? Rachel, why do you think there are more left-handed people?
1: Um, I think there always have been left-handed people, but back in the day, they used to, like, train you or be upset if you were left-handed.
0: Ding, ding, I saw it happen ding, in my own family. Ding, ding, ding. Guess what? My co-host is a genius. Obviously. <laughs> When you remove the stigma from something, people feel okay expressing it. If you guys are trying to fight enough to where certain men aren't going to want to lay down and lick other men or certain women aren't going to want to have scissor time with other ladies, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to work. What we should have is a society that is based on respecting each other and not just respecting, because that's the baseline. Celebrating who we are without threat or injury to us. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at all of this stuff in Florida, in Texas. You can't un-gay somebody who's gay. I remember the first time I saw a bra strap in the seventh grade. Like I'm, look, I'm on the bus, and I look down, or to, to uh, I will go over to read something, get something from Ryan, and I look at the girl's shoulder, and there's a bra strap. You know what my mindset. What? There's some titties under there, <laughs> and I you thought, and, and, and I thought to myself, I remember this moment so crystally clear. I thought to myself, "Damn, she's got breasts. Like she has breasts for real. Like." Before that, breasts were a concept. It was something that you saw on TV, right? And I thought, she's got breasts, which means she has a butt and a, you could actually at some point have sex with her. And for a whole summer, I thought of nothing That's else. where your
1: mind went?
0: Yeah. yeah that's oh, the God. way our minds work. So you guys don't even know. Uh, my my mind did no, all of that in half don't. second. No, we
3: don't. My <laughs> mind did all of that
0: in a half second. My mind did that in <laughs> a half second. Like a half second. My mind went all the way. Like, I went from seeing her bra strap to her and me having a family. My mind went to... Like, my mind went to that in half a second. Whole summer, my life had changed. There's nothing that you could do to talk me out of that. And that's happening all over the world right now. And I'm telling you right now, all you're doing is executing your children and your neighbor's children and your neighbor's neighbor yeah. children. You're putting them to death and you're kicking them out of the house onto the streets is what you're mm. doing.
3: Mm. You're
0: out there fighting like a bunch of fucking idiots over who somebody actually is. I'm sick of it. For what? It's For over. What? Motherfuckers um, are Get
1: over it. <laughs> we have breaking news, but before we get to it, I want to I wanna shout out an organization that is really all about supporting youth who identify and are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. It's called Camp Lightbulb. You can read more about it on camplightbulb.org. But it invites youth from 14 to 18 to come to a summer camp. And you can come from all over, over the world, they have people from Europe, United States. They all come to either Los Angeles, Provincetown, New York City. You can get up to 100% financial aid to go. And it's this amazing organization that, you know, is a place, as Van said, where you can be celebrated. It's filled with fun, pride. You can have friends because a lot of times these kids are lonely. Uh, I, I do some work sometimes with uh, Camp Lightbulb and I was talking to a mother one time who was expressing how her, how troubling it was for her son at one school and how an administrator said to her, listen, you're probably going to have to homeschool him. And instead, she was able to move him around. He gets moved, be moved around to a couple of schools before he found his people, his place, before he felt included, before he realized he wasn't alone. Well, at Camp Lightbulb, you can find a myriad of people like this. You can find your people. So camplightbulb.org, go there, tell somebody about it, you know, so we can make our youth feel loved and seen
0: and included. Yep. And I'm telling you guys right now, support organizations and places like that. Pay attention not just to whether or not your elected officials tolerate the LBGT community. They can't just tolerate them. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be just tolerated. You want to be celebrated. All right? Everybody have a fantastic Pride Month and stop killing your kids. Uh, Rachel, what's what's the breaking news?
1: All right, breaking news. Um, this is being reported from Caitlin Collins. Donald Trump just took to s- Truth Social, and he is saying that his attorneys have been informed that he has been indicted. Now, you've been following this on the newsprint, whatever. We knew this was looming. We knew that this was coming. There's been a lot of things that have been coming out in regards to it. So this is what Donald Trump treat tweeted exactly. Tweeted. What do you call it? Truth? What, what do you call it when he puts it on he social?
0: He truth. Truthed. He
1: truthed, truthed? it. He truthed oh, no. it. I'm not sure. He said, The corrupt Biden administration has informed my attorneys that I have been indicted, seemingly, over the boxes hoax, even though Joe Biden had (laughs) 1,850 boxes at the University of Delaware, additional boxes in Chinatown, D.C., and even... More boxes at the University of Pennsylvania and docs documents strewn all over his garage floor where he parks his Corvette and which is, quote, secured by only a garage door that is paper thin and open much of the time. He said that he went on to say that he's been summoned to appear at the federal courthouse in Miami on Tuesday at 3 p.m.
0: What's and? funny is I love. So. What I love about that is the description of the garage door. What if it had been, what if it had been a better garage door? You know what I'm saying? It's a paper-thin it be garage door. He, he
3: would still say this. It, what if
0: it had been a garage door that's, like, more fortified? You know, I'm, I don't know. I don't have a garage. So maybe in Louisiana, everybody turns their garage into an extra room that we could, like, drink daiquiris in and play spades in. Like, motherfuckers uh-huh. don't keep their garages. So I, I just... When I I always get caught up on the dumb shit when I'm reading Trump shit. I just like and look, a paper thin garage, like I just wonder if it'd have been like a steel garage or some kind of special garage if it would have been different, whatever. Uh okay, so I guess the question is and this is very fresh, very new, uh the question is what does this really mean? Um and if Trump is indicted, does it hurt him? politically. CNN sources saying that he's indicted with seven counts. I Mm -hmm. think that an indictment was expected. The question is the timing of the indictment and what it means for the election. Um, I don't think that anything will happen that precludes Trump from running. He's not going to be tried and and convicted before then. And I, I don't know if anybody cares, but I think right now, if you're Pence, Scott, Haley and Christy, your packs have to be working overtime right now to try to, to DeSantis as well. Excuse me. That's the main one. To try to, uh, to try to injure Donald Trump. Um, How do you feel, Rachel? I mean, Donald Trump has been indicted. This is the second indictment.
1: At this point, we're kind of becoming numb to it, right? We know that there are these three separate things, Georgia, Florida, New York, we know that they also, they say the New York one is the the weakest case. We know with the boxes and also with what went down with uh, in Georgia with um, him trying to sway change the votes, all of that. We know those are the stronger cases. So, I mean, to be expected, we knew it was coming. I don't know if I thought it was going to come this quickly. But, um, yeah, I think it's just something we have to see what happens. It's like you said, I don't what I don't know is if things can be expedited because of who he is and what he is on a path to. I'd be very curious to talk to someone. Can they expedite all of this because they don't want him to run in the primary and then possibly get the uh, represent the Republican Party in the national election? I don't know. But I would be curious to talk to someone if that can happen.
0: Um, So, of course, this is Trump's violation of the Espionage Act, uh, which prohibits gathering, transmitting, or losing any information respecting national defense, Um, uh, violating U.S. criminal code known as Section 793. So, violating the Espionage Act, Code 793. Uh, Look, here's the thing. I'm looking to get more information on what the potential penalty for these charges could be. I'm assuming that all of that information will come out. Of course, you guys remember, 100, 100 documents uh, bearing classified markings in a set of 15 documents uh, that the Trump administration had um, and were asked for and refused to give back. So uh, so everyone remembers, obviously there's been uh, a string of, document situations that have gone on Pence had some he talked about it in his disastrous town hall that they did with CNN on Wednesday night <laughs> it's terrible it's an idiot um but in the in the situation with Trump here there was an effort from the DOJ to get these documents back because they were of specific importance and Donald Trump resisted like he didn't want to give this stuff up there's right. a little bit more intentionality and choreography in Donald Trump's uh, his uh, his want and need to obstruct justice here than it was in the other two guys. I'm not when we were talking about uh, Biden and Pence and even they talked about Barack Obama. I'm uh, and some stuff that was found in his library. I don't know why presidents would have classified documents that would end up at their at their residences. I think that. Uh, either there's mistakes going on, or or, or guys don't want to know where certain cigars went. I don't know what's going on. Okay, <laughs> but 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 what I would say is that in this particular case, there is a set of facts that point to Trump and his people acting criminally in this instance, mm-hmm. knowing that the government wanted specific things from them, um, and them ducking and dodging to not try to give those things back. Yeah. So we'll see like how this stuff works and like what that private call that we still don't really know exactly what was said on that call, that recorded call about Donald Trump talking about these classified documents. But I mean, this is going to be all that you hear about over the next couple of days. So we'll double down on our coverage of it on Monday, try to get somebody in here to to give us a expert opinion of, of what this means for not only Trump, but for the election. This is literally just happening uh, mm-hmm. as we are doing the podcast and it's almost as big a news as Khalees, um, uh bumping bodies with Bill Murray it's amazing um, okay we have one more topic but before we get to that topic I want to throw to this interview right here with Mookie Cook who plays LeBron James in the brand new Peacock movie shooting stars it's a good little movie guys go check it out Mookie's got a big decision to making his life. Am I hooping or am I, am I in Hollywood? This is next. Okay, so the movie is Shooting Stars. It's about a young LeBron James and his group of friends over at Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's High School. They took over the state and then LeBron went on to take over the world. We have Marquise Mookie Cook who plays a young LeBron joining us today on Higher Learning. Mookie, how you doing, bro?
6: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, man. Okay, Great. first question. You, 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 you got to play LeBron. You're playing LeBron in this movie. The first thing that you do when someone tells you you're going to be playing LeBron James, how do you prepare to play the king?
6: Um, Man, honestly, I don't think there's really much you can do, man, besides just Best effort into it, man. It's LeBron James. Uh, you know, uh, just that. You know, we watched a lot of film. We watched, you know, the uh, more to the game, um, and especially just being around other great actors helped out.
1: This is your first film. Congratulations! You would never know you're quite the natural. I have to say, um, how how did this come about for you? Because this, I, did you ever see yourself acting? How did they choose you? Like lead us up to how this you got to play LeBron. Um,
6: nah, to be honest, I never even thought about acting ever. Uh, so they had this dude named Jay Hip, like right hand right hand man to the director uh, Chris Robinson. Uh, he had him go out and watch EYBL basketball. At the time, I was playing. I was playing with Oakland Soldiers, and then uh, I came across me and was like just watching my game. I, and he was like, "Man, like I, I kind of see it. I can see the LeBron in you." And then I got a couple months after that, I got called to uh, go audition in LA, and then it pretty much went from there. The rest is history.
0: Yeah, um, is. I'm gonna ask. I, I want to ask one more question about the movie. Okay, for you, what was the hardest thing to get used to in terms of being on set as an actor, as a new actor? You're in a movie. A lot of people have done before. What was the hardest
2: thing to get used to?
6: um definitely was just you know staying into character you know what i mean uh a lot of times you know i was just wanting to you know i had to remember like i gotta always just stay in the character because that helps you know just fill in the scenes and it looks more authentic um that was definitely the biggest thing and probably uh not getting stuck in line reads you know i had a multiple times of just getting stuck in line reads honestly just saying it the same way uh uh, and yeah, Chris Robinson is great, great acting director, man. Great director overall, man. And he definitely like helped me out with just my acting, like truthfully, like he had, he helped me with lines and make it sound more natural and stuff like that.
1: I gotta tell you, I wasn't familiar with like LeBron James and his friends growing up. Like we hear about like Maverick Carter and the Rich Paul, but I wasn't familiar with this friend group at all until I watched this movie. So I found it really interesting for you playing LeBron. And I'm sure, I don't know if LeBron was on set, you could speak to that, or if even like the, the friends from the friend group were, but what is it that, because people got strong opinions about LeBron. What is it that you learned about LeBron that maybe you didn't know uh, as you were stepping into this role?
6: Definitely was – I learned, you know I mean, he had to grow up at a young age. Grew up at a young age, but I feel like that helped him mold him to who he is now. You can see that he's real independent. Uh, and he just has a very mature mindset at a young age because not, not a lot of – probably myself, like, having all that clout, having all that publicity at such a young age and also still having a single mother, you know what I mean, still having to, you know, I'm, honestly pave your own way um and you see like he's done it to the full extent like in has surpassed what other people think he, that he was going to do um and i think that overall you know uh, you need a support group and you see that in the movie you know what i mean he has a brotherhood um he has people that's going to hold him accountable regardless of what the highs and the lows they're going to hold him accountable and you know they always viewed him as just lebron they didn't let all that other outside noise get into their circle and when you see that when they did it, it caused conflict but they honestly you see that if they truly loved each other they learned from it and they got over all that you know what I mean they started to see that we all have our own lanes we all have our own different things and and they grew from that you know
0: mhm so mookie i got to ask you something bro you're uh oh,
2: you're oh a gosh
0: okay. <laughs> you're, you're you're headed oh, to it? oregon you're headed to Oregon. Uh, right number four overall player by 247. So this is not a hooper. This is an elite hooper. Okay. Headed over to the Pac-12. I don't know if you heard, but LeBron James Jr. is headed to USC. <laughs> you guys are going to be conference rivals. What are the chances that it's Oregon versus SC is you against Bronny and you look over at him and be like, yo man, I'm your dad.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> hey, no Lido. <light> uh <laughs> I, I think Bronny laugh because you I played with him before. I played seventh, eighth grade freshman year too so uh, i think he would truly truthfully just laugh like that That wouldn't even bother we just start laughing because we already know but before all this
2: <laughs> that's funny that's right. funny let me ask you this if since we're talking basketball you're from portland right
6: uh yes ma'am
1: okay oh ma'am <laughs> you're from you're from portland when you go to the nba we're speaking all that into existence. Would you rather play on a team with Damian Lillard or LeBron
6: James? Dang, why you gotta why you put me in this <laughs> position, man?
1: You gonna rep the hometown or what? What? <laughs>
6: Dang, I I know Dame, man. I know Dame. I think like anybody gonna say Lebron like it's Lebron James
3: like
6: <laughs> what? You gonna set me up for you gonna set me up for lobs? You gonna set me up for threes? I just gotta sit in the corner and wait for the ball to come to me, man. Like <laughs> uh, yeah, go.
0: <laughs> um, so let me ask you this: You have now a legitimate movie career, bro. That's, like, really exciting, man. You have a legitimate movie career. You know, I- I'm familiar with this story because there was a documentary that came out on these guys. I feel like it was, like, 11 or 12 years ago. um, And so I, I watched that, and it was an a- amazing doc. I feel like the story of LeBron and his friends growing up is-, is a great story, which is why it keeps getting told. But for you, personally, now, Marquise Cook, You're basically now a movie star. And you're also this very legit basketball prospect. Do you want to do more acting? Do you see yourself acting while you're pursuing your basketball future? And is there ever a time that you think you might have to choose between the two?
3: Hmm.
6: Oh, um, I think, yeah, definitely. I see myself acting still. Definitely. Yes, If, uh, if it doesn't conflict with none of my basketball, like this movie did, then of course, yes. Um, and yeah, if I'm being honest, I, I got to choose basketball. That's always my first love. Like, you know what I mean? it just, it's just a great opportunity that, you know, this door opened for me and I was blessed to be able to, you know, act. And now I, I guess I was okay at it. You know what I mean? So from the public eye, you know what I mean? I can, I can, I can continue to do it, but, um, not nah, yet. Yeah. Basketball, f- first and foremost, basketball will always be my first love. Basketball will always be first. Um, but if, if I can do another role and get another role, man, that be always be a blessing. You know what I mean? Why not be able to do both? Why not keep two doors open? Absolutely.
1: You know what I want to see for you? I want to see you, you, uh, co-starred with Caleb in this. I want to see you in Stranger Things. Would you do uh, that?
6: Uh, Hell yeah. I'll be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll be dope. That'll be We're going to
1: manifest be, that.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they ain't no rule to say they can't have two black brothers on that show. Get two of us on there. Why not? <laughs> in the, the friend group? Could, in could, the friend. Yeah, in the friend group, y'all could be in the upside down together. All right, man, look. the the <laughs> the The movie is Shooting Stars. It's on Peacock. Brother, um... You're succeeding, man. I like you're you're doing your thing, young man. It's 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 amazing to see you, a top five prospect who also has a starring role in a movie. It's like a Ray Allen situation all over again, brother. Um, happy for you, man. Um, uh, and good luck next year at Oregon. Thank you for joining us on Higher Learning
6: today, brother. Nah, my man. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate y'all.
0: I like Mookie, man. He got to use my He got use my he lineup. Too. He I is like going to use it. He loves it. Yeah. Just grow up to boom, bang on him that was like, funny. I'm, "Hey, I'm your father, bro. I'm your dad." You know what I mean? And it kind
2: of That's funny. Was,
3: true <laughs> All right.
0: So
2: um
3: Something happened on Twitter <laughs>
2: yesterday. <laughs> uh, and it involves a basketball player.
0: Down there, my neck of the woods. I'm from Baton Rouge, but the state reps the Pelicans heart. It's a whole new generation of Pelicans fans. When I was coming up, people had to pick other teams because we had no team.
2: But now, all of my nephews, my nieces, everybody down there, Pelicans fans. Mm-hmm. Franchise is Zion Williamson. It's exciting. Jumps real high. Very physical player. He's
0: physical to the basket finish when he's on the court he's one of the best but he hasn't been on the court as as of late where Zion has apparently been is in the bedroom (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Zion and his girlfriend Akima announced that they were expecting a baby
2: I think this was Tuesday
0: And no sooner did this happen, did adult film star Mariah Mills go on a tweet storm alleging that she had a relationship with Zion Williamson and that she was shocked and appalled, blindsided, by the gender reveal that Zion posted on his social medias. She tweeted the following things Donnie, me and Rachel are going to. Trade-off reading the
2: tweets
0: (laughs) that Mariah Mills posted to Zion Williamson. And I want you to lay some dramatic music under this. Okay? I'm gonna start. Number one, better pray I'm not pregnant, too, because I'm definitely late. I feel like you need to Williamson.
1: I feel like you need to put more into that. You need a on, little man. bit more because she's upset. She's mad. And she's
0: mad? Okay. She's me been messing her, like, with a...
1: Zion thinking she's the only woman in his life and not only is she not, there's a baby
0: too. Oh she's my God. upset. Oh. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, cool. Better pray I'm not pregnant too because I'm definitely late, Zion Williamson. Okay. I was with you last week in New Orleans. And- <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't believe you have me doing this. I was with you last week in New Orleans and you couldn't tell me you had a random thought pregnant after all I've done for you, Zion?
0: I let you fuck me so many times without a condom and this is what you do to me? A hood rat that does CPN? You put my date... Oh. You put
1: my life in danger fucking all these hoes yeah. raw. Five. Okay.
0: five is wild.
1: I'll continue. I'll do it. Five is wild.
0: I'll continue. Five is raw. Rachel, you got to read five.
1: Okay. I'll read five. I let you spit in my mouth last week when we <gasps> fucked. You could have told me you had another whore pregnant. How... How is that going to work with us both moving to New Orleans? You think I wouldn't have found out, Zion?
0: (laughs) All right, so look.
2: Jokes. Obviously, it's a
0: ridiculous situation. By the way, to let you know, Mariah Mills was on Ghetto (laughs) Gaggers.
1: I was not familiar with Mariah Mills until this moment. I
3: knew who she was.
0: Um, So, (laughs) look, okay. So, you know, off of this one thing, all of these people started having conversations. Is Zion being irresponsible? You know, she leaked text messages or Snapchat messages. Oh,
2: she did.
0: She did. With Zion saying that he was going to pay her monthly to have her come to New Orleans and all of that stuff. Listen, I am in no place to criticize or uh, chastise Zion Williamson. I've been caught up before. It's happened, And you try to do better and you try to learn. If there is a lesson from this situation, Rachel, what is that lesson? I'm asking you. The, the 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 pristine princess. No, the princess, that's not
2: me. <laughs> the, the the
0: princess of 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 Oak Cliff. If there is anything beyond jokes that we can take from the Zion Williams situation, because I really tried to look for some higher learning message that we can glean from it. What is that message?
2: I I mean, I guess the message is for Zion.
1: You got to be loyal and faithful or else you're going to see yourself caught up in a situation. You got these two women. Well, not two women because the other one isn't saying anything like this. you have This woman putting all your business out there, uh, fighting publicly with you. And then at the same time, you're trying to prepare to bring a child into this world, a daughter at that, I believe. So I guess the lesson here is you got to be loyal and faithful. And treat women with respect because you can't be playing with women and their emotions because this is the kind of thing that happens. And I don't know the ins and outs of Mariah's relationship with Zion, but obviously she's hurt.
0: What do you think that there's a chance here that Zion thought that because he was paying her, then because he intimates that he was paying her, that their business arrangement meant that there wasn't as much of uh, uh uh an emotional connection. Like, if you, so this, this, is the, this is what I'm thinking. If you're paying somebody X amount of thousands of dollars per month to be a companion of yours, would you think that they would get mad if you popped up and you had a girlfriend or something like that? If you're essentially paying her as a sex worker for her company? I guess that's the question. Do you think there's any chance? It
1: depends. Was he... Because, like, I know girls who get paid to go, you know, either hang out or be someone's company, but it's not necessarily... I didn't see the messages. I didn't see the messages that were put out there.
0: Let's talk about your crew. You know... No, I didn't say
1: they were my crew. I said I know. (laughs) But hey, don't, the shame, payment, don't shame sex workers. But the payment isn't all. The payment wasn't that they were sex workers. The payment was more of like, and that's that's what I don't know. Was he giving her like, was he paying for flights and hotel or the fact that, you know, like she had to take off the job and was maybe like, here, here's some money while you're doing that. Because I think that's totally different mm-hmm. of like, hey, I want you to spend time with me. Oh, I got to work. That's okay. Like, I'm going to take care of you. I just want to see you and spend time with you. I want your company. That's, There's an emotional tie to that as opposed to like, you know what it is, you know, June 9th, I need you to meet me here. So
0: it says uh, this. I'll pay you for your services. It says, when you move, how much do you expect me to pay you? Uh, A month. Uh, But I'm super excited. Because he, like, I want you to fly. I want to fly you wherever I'm at for four days. You sexy as fuck. He said, when you move, how much do you expect me to play you? Um, uh, I, I, I want to, per month, I, I want you to have you around. And he was like, love you in these jeans and I'm going to FaceTime you a little bit so we can talk about you moving. He wanted to move her and then he wanted Damn. to pay her, a, he said he was going to pay her per month. Like, how much would I have to pay you a month? So I'm not, I'm just, I'm asking. I could take there, that is... either
1: way because okay. if she's moved, if she's uprooting her life to be with him, she might be losing money. So it's like, well, I'm going to give you an allowance, which guys do that for women that are their significant others, right? I'm going to give you money because you're uprooting your whole life to be here with me. I can see it both ways. I can see it both ways. Mm -hmm. But he was moving her. So,
2: I mean, I would expect some money as well. Sounds like he was giving her an allowance.
0: You would expect money to move?
1: If I'm moving for you, I want moving, just like if I was moving for a job, I would expect for them to give me moving expenses.
0: Tell you what, Brian, but his ass here's the at question: Applebee's He's moving on her Saturday, so we could talk.
1: Wait, he's moving her, but this <laughs> is where you ask the right questions. Maybe she didn't want to know everything. You're moving me. Am I moving in with you? How am I living?
0: I I, I don't know. I'm just asking the. That's like, what I would ask she her. Went, she went hard, man. Like she, and I'm not in any way. I have absolutely zero dog in the fight. Like she, she she went hard. She seemed to be very, she was upset by what happened. She's She's embarrassed. embarrassed. She She probably was
1: was telling people I'm moving to New Orleans to be with my man, Zion. She's embarrassed.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, look, she, she, uh, she, but she did mess, but she
1: did mess up the bag.
0: You feel like she messed up the bag?
1: Well, he was clearly going to move. He knew he was, he had a girlfriend and he was getting her and and that she was pregnant. They just announced it. He's been known. He was still trying to move her to New Orleans and fly her out to hang out with them four times a week.
0: So let me tell you why I don't think she messed up the bag. Because there's something that everybody has to remember. And I was on Real Ones with Logan Murdoch a little earlier and I talked about this. Fame used to be the currency. Excuse me. Proximity to fame used to be the currency. It used to be a time where if you were famous People being around you, mhm-, that was their payment. I'm sure there was money that changed hands. NBA players did not just stop like start liking adult film stars um uh guys did not just start dating ladies that they meet in the club. It's been happening for whatever, male and female. mhm, you know what I mean um but now though, Mariah Mills is famous to a lot of people that she wasn't famous to before. So there, there's always a trump card of somebody being able to take a step forward in their career. Because I'm telling you what's happening now. You know, they're going to be Zion Williamson porn parodies with her in it and with some guy coming in, like he's Zion Williamson. There's going to be there's opportunity for her, not unlike some other ladies that we've seen talk about people who they've been with and it worked out for them. So the money that he was giving her, I'm sure it was probably substantial, but she might get notoriety in her career in a way that 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 she didn't have before by talking about the fact that she's with him. Now that sure. brings to me, uh, and, and and that to me is one of the things that you know, for sex workers out there, this is part of the reason sometimes where people why people judge because it seems as if the discretion and all of that other stuff, but it doesn't seem like that was the situation here. I don't even want to talk about that because it seems like yeah. there was something more to it here.
1: And she might that might not be what she wants. Maybe she wanted right. the relationship and to have that one on one, you know, partnership with someone as opposed to like now being able to go and going back to what she was doing. Maybe she wanted to do something else. So I don't know.
0: Right. Okay. Uh no, Mail back time, time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailback time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. First question comes from Princess Tiff
2: 84. What's the first or most memorable time that you cried from happiness? Oh, God, I don't know.
0: Cried from happiness.
3: Oh,
2: I'm sure I have. I just can't remember crying for joy. I don't think I've
0: ever cried. From am before I've been like moved one time Bozen was feeling sick and for a couple of days he was down and then, um, I was worried about him and then Colega was walking him and he saw me and he turned around and he ran towards me and I'm like, Oh, he's feeling better. Cause I was really worried and that made me all emotional but i didn't cry i don't know if i've ever cried from joy before maybe that maybe that's still yet to come maybe that's a a something i haven't a threshold i haven't crossed in my life yet thank you for princess tip 84 for reminding me that i have a joyless existence i appreciate you
1: <laughs> i can't think of one either i wonder how many people i mean Donnie, have you cried for joy ashley
2: i know i have but i can't think of it either like if i'm the, the crying from sadness like that's more burned into my memory than the happiness for some reason like i cuz you're don't a
3: human remember.
2: being
0: human beings are yeah. uh, pro evolutionary yeah. to sort of uh prioritize things that have went wrong than things that have gone right Ashley, what are you going to say have you cried from joy before
1: i have i do it more often than I'd like to admit. I'm not going to lie. Don't roll your
3: eyes. <laughs> that's beautiful, Ashley. Christ, Ashley. I'm she's
2: an jealous. I'm
1: emotional person. It's not I'm that, sorry. I mean, she's
0: jealous. It's like somebody that stays high. Of course, she's happy all the time. All she does is smoke dope. <laughs> it's a dope Smoke smoker. the dope. <laughs> smoke <laughs> the dope. Smoke the dope. That's no, amazing. Man. That's amazing. So you cry when you're happy a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do like, I mean, I just watched a video recently and this guy was on stage, he was performing and he was having like um, a questionnaire. of People just coming, and ask him questions after he performed. This girl comes up and says like, she's, she remembers him when she was a baby. Wolf well, remembers him, her mom would tell her stories and she had like this heart deficiency when she was a child and they had no money to help her. And this guy read about it in the paper And went to visit her at her hospital and gave him all the money to save her life. And so she went to him 25 years later to be like, you saved my life. Doesn't count. And I thought that was so sweet.
0: It doesn't count. No, that's just, you're
1: crying at a sweet moment.
0: Yeah, you're crying. You made me happy. No, no. Doesn't count.
1: Joy, no, No, that's not crying. Joy? Joy? No,
0: see, I knew you was on some bullshit. That, (laughs) I I have seen things and been moved to tears. But I don't think think that that counts. I don't think that Mm -mm. counts as crying because you're happy. I've seen like happy for the girl. Like I'm going to give you an example
1: of somebody crying for joy. We all remember that moment. In why did I get married? When Jill Scott comes back and she's with her girls and she left her other husband and she's got a new man, and and that was a real cry. They came back out later and said that that was real. She was really like it was a moment. So she's with Janet and Tasha and all the people and she's just crying. Because she's so happy. Like, she's talking about what's been done in life. She's like, ooh. And I just, everybody remembers that moment. That is somebody crying for joy.
3: Okay. If you cry watching
1: that moment, Ashley, which is what you're talking about, that's not the same thing.
0: It's, we, first of all, not everyone remembers this moment. But I'll tell you, (laughs) I'll tell you this, that an easier one, Ashley, is just like crying when you win the Super Bowl or when you win an Oscar. All right? That's so that's easy, it. Rachel. That was Rachel, that's you. Rachel went to why did I get married, and i was like everybody <laughs> knows that from why did I get married. Like, like, it's like
1: it it's was easy a big example.
3: Moment.
0: Just crying. Oh, I did.
1: I cried when we won an Oscar. That's what I just said. You did that.
0: Yeah, you know, I you, did. Yeah, I could. That, that that's your answer. I cried when we won an Oscar. I cried, cried out of sheer happiness, overcome with joy. I cried when we won an the Oscar. There you go. All right, cool. We got to that.
3: It's that was a good question, Princess that was,
0: a, that was a good question, Princess Tiff. Princess Tiff, I love you.
3: All right, uh, uh, one more go. or two more. Okay. Uh,
2: I don't know what to name this. Is the name of the person they say uh, they're asking Rachel? Can we get Rachel's arm workout routine? Double question marks. I I'm really gonna disappoint y'all. It's hereditary. My 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 mom has these arms, and she's 67.
1: Like, it's, it's hereditary. Um, I do work out my arms occasionally. What about but my
0: arms, baby? It, yeah, I do
1: have a natural. My arms are
0: coming into the chat, baby. I have Guns. a natural,
1: well, I don't have muscle, but I have a natural, like, yeah. Sorry. So, so you're, but you're I, I do, do yoga. I, but like, it, it's getting a little sloppy right now. So typically my go-to <laughs> is yoga. I am. I'm getting a little soft. I'm soft right now. <laughs> I get, uh, yoga has been great because I, I, I wasn't able to do pushups before I started doing yoga. Yoga helped me be able to do pushups. So yoga, I do free weights, um, too, as well. And this week I just started solid core, which was amazing. It was a full body workout on a mega reformer and it's every like abs, arms, legs. I mean, you can take a, a class that's specific. I did the beginner class, but it was amazing. So I'm going to go back and do that. So yes, most of it is hereditary, but I do do things to maintain. Okay. Thank right. you.
0: Yeah. Um, Rachel and Kalika come from the tribe of, we were born this way and it's tough. It's tough. It's tough for the, us. Uh, Living over here in Smeglatude City, it's tough. Um, all right, uh, that's it. That's enough. That's a lot of podcasts for you guys. Thank you to Mookie Cook for coming on to the show. Thank mm-hmm. you for all of the fuckery that's this massive. We even get to they we they they wave CP3, live golf, uh, and the PGA Tour merge. I didn't even see that they waved CP3. 3 Well, they told us they were gonna wave them, but now they might. Resign, sign them him back, whatever. Lionel Messi came to the MLS. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That golf
0: thing, though, a... really has people riled up. The golf thing is so interesting. It's so interesting, and I have a take about the Saudis and the WNBA that I'm going to get off on Monday. Jamel Hill, if you're listening to me, I told you I would get this take off today. We ran out of time monday i'm going to talk about the saudis and the wnba don't miss it. all right <laughs> take your thinking caps off but do not stop learning i am van lacy jr and i'm rachel and Lindsay. bye guys